We always beat West Brom. West Brom. We always beat West Brom. We always beat West Brom. That was supposed to be a duet. But it was, but you, you, you let me down again. Cocked out again. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Potters Podcast. Had a great week, a fantastic performance at the weekend, which we're going to go into first. Then we'll have a quick discussion about Reading because that wasn't as positive, was it? So we're not going to go into that. But what a game! Reading. Did we play Reading? Yeah, we played Reading. I yeah, we did. About that one. Yeah, I did quickly. Um, Right, so we'll go in straight away. It was a great performance, wasn't it? You know, I can't believe how well they played, and that's the frustrating thing. And I'm sure that the West Brom fans can't believe how badly they played because um, we were way better, way better. And to be honest, we should have been three up before we actually put the, the game to bed. But, you know, it's brilliant. We won. I know, we won. It's, a, it's a great And we form. always beat West Brom, and you can't knock... Um, Mr O'Neill for doing a Tony Pulis type of job on West Brom again. It's great. Yeah, it was a great performance. And like I said, I got it right. Again, prediction, I didn't get the score right. I got 2-1. <laughs> dream on, dream boy. I, I put 2-0 down. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> I listened <laughs> to it just before. I'm getting fed up with your delusion. <laughs> but I didn't get the score right, so it's still only 2-0. We're not very good no, at this prediction I game, are we? I had 3-1 for Stoke. No, you I didn't have 3-1, you had 1-1. Not listening back. I even got the goal scorers. <laughs> I said Livermore would I think it does mean a lot though because at the end of the day I think that's now cemented that West Brom are playing us again next season yeah that's sad for them isn't it, it, it well no it's, it's a positive because they're going to lose obviously to us but right we'll go straight in now with the player ratings we go straight this week Jack Bond strong wrist um, listen he's been adequate in the last uh, couple of games I still would prefer Bursic um that's all I can really say. He made one very good save, but having said that, I think I'd have been really disappointed if he didn't make that save. So, for me, he's getting a seven. Uh, he's going to get an eight from me, to be fair, this week. And I've not been his biggest fan, and I don't think I'll ever will be his biggest fan, but I think that was an amazing save from the Carroll header, to be honest. Well, it is, but he's still got to get his hand to it. You know, let's be honest. There's a lot of times when we looked at Jack Butler where you're going easy save straight in the back of the net. Saves have got to be saved, haven't they? But it, you know, from he was a bit wobbly in the second half when the West Brom player got through and then nearly looped it over. He was a bit dodgy then, but for Bonham's performances that I've seen so far, that was one of the better ones. I've got to say. Okay. Right. So we move into. I mean, there is a similarity, isn't there, with. Um... Bonham and Butland, they have the same initials, but apart from that, I don't think they're in the same league, to be honest. No, I think Bonham's better. Right, oh, so we'll go in way. with uh, Tommy Smith. Now, it was nice to see Tommy Smith back, wasn't it? Because I thought he'd probably played his last game for us. Um, having said that, I thought he did more than adequate. Uh, he certainly had worked on that free kick, as you know, in the, um, in the previous week. He took it well. Baker had the great little ball across and Livermore managed to dribble it into the net, which I thought was great. I thought Tommy Smith was adequate, seven. 
Uh, I'm going to go with an eight, actually, for Thomas. Yeah, you've been drinking again. I, I have, well, I did last night, I had one. But the, the, uh, t- to be honest, I thought both free kicks that led to two goals, I thought he, he was attacking well down the right-hand side. He was linking in well with Bakey, which is something I like. I like it when we have wing-backs that link with us midfielders like so many times a season. They've just been running up and down the channels doing what they can. I thought it was a solid performance. Defensively, I, I'm, I'm always a bit shaky on him because he's a shaky defender, but I thought he played well yesterday. He, to be honest, if it wasn't for him, I don't think we would have scored the goals. So, good on Tommy Smith. But I probably don't think we'll see him next season. That's all I'm What do you say. mean you think he's shaky? I think he's shaky defensively, Tommy yeah. Smith. I, that, that's the only that's my biggest woe with him. I think he's he's lost his legs a bit. He isn't for me when you're a wing back in the modern game when you play with wing backs and no wingers in front. You've got to be quick and you've got to be able to get up and down. And a lot of the time Smith will break forward, but he doesn't get back in time for me and it causes gaping holes in his defensive line, which is where I'm a bit. I don't think he's good enough for what we need if we want to get promoted. Is what I'm saying, shaky. Okay. Right. So now we're moving to Josh Tyman. I thought Josh Tynan played very, very well yesterday. Um, I think he's probably been one of our players of the season, if not the player of the season. Although, Lewis Baker, if he'd been with us a bit longer, might have uh, stolen that crown. He's getting an eight from me. Uh, he's getting a nine from me, Tynan. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he linked in brilliantly with Vrancic. And this is the thing I'm noticing now with Tynan, because he isn't player of the season for me. He's probably second or third choice, to be honest. But I think when he, when he links with a midfielder, which was he was doing brilliantly with, of course, Thompson, but he's got an injury now. But he linked in with Vrancic. It gives him that movement to go forward and that help that he's been needing for so long. I think there's a good player in there. and I've said it for a long time. But now when he, he links with midfielders, you're starting to see that player. And yesterday, he got in some real good positions where he could. He, he had a couple of chances of a shot and, and put some good, clever balls through the middle as well. And it was a great performance from him. I have to say, he was probably scraping man of the match, but he didn't well, quite. Well, I thought win. he was scraping man of the match. That's why I was giving him an eight because I'm not going to give anybody a ten. Well, I might later on. Yeah. But um, listen, he, he he's been a really good player this season, and he looks pretty fit. Um, and I yeah, I'll go along with you in so much that he's he's done very very well. But it's an eight for me. You're not going to change my mind. Right, okay. Right, so now we move into another one, and it is Starlet of the future from what I saw yesterday, Forrester. I thought he was excellent. Um, he was confident. Uh, the only downside was, um, I believe, that one of the commentators kept getting him mixed up with Taylor Harwood Bellis, um, so he probably didn't get as much recognition as he, as he should have. Um, but I thought he had a really good, solid game, and I'm going to give him an eight as well. Uh, he's going in with a nine again. Um, I thought he was brilliant yesterday because this is a lad who, let's be honest, he's got he's had very limited time on the pitch. He's come through the youth setups, and this lad's got real confidence. I think he's only made three appearances, scored a goal, and all three appearances, he's, he's for me got over an eight. So this yeah. is this is a lad that we've got to start wrapping up and getting down on big contracts and. and hoping we can keep hold of him. I know it's only a couple of games he's played, but if he's having that kind of impact, yesterday he looked composed. He was constantly... He was, he was composed and he was very confident, as you say. And I liked how he was he was talking, he was shouting everybody around him like he was you know, a 30-year-old experienced midfielder. And 
to be honest, I knew he had a bit of a wobble with Andy Carroll for the goal, but I think it was a very, very good performance from a young lad yesterday, and that's why he gets the nine from me. Very good, and I'm liking this lad. I knew I liked him after that overhead kick, but now he's he's really starting to show that there's a player there. Yeah. Right, Phil Jagielka. Well, I think Jagielka is uh, one of the best older players I've ever seen uh, in a football shirt for Stoke City. He was talking from start to finish, and it must rub off on Forrester and Taylor Harwood-Bellis. He did everything he was asked to do, considering his age, and I think you do have to consider his age when he's coming up against somebody like Andy Carroll, because there aren't any better headers of the ball than Andy Carroll, and he marshaled those three in defence really, really well, so he's getting an eight from me too. Uh, Yeah, he's getting an eight. Uh, Forrester, I thought he took responsibility well he had a young kid next to him he had to steward through the game and I thought he controlled the game well he was always shouting he was always leading and yeah he marked Andy Carroll out the game but you said he's the best experienced player you've seen at Stoke what about Tony DiRigo? Yes, well, let's move on, shall we? Don't let's <laughs> about that anymore. It's a blast from the past there's going to be a lot yeah. of people going who's that? <laughs> a blast from the past. <laughs> right, so now moving to Howard Bellish. Yes. Uh, I like Howard Bellis, but I always feel he's got a mistake in him. And he made that one mistake yesterday where if he'd have made another one, I would have marked him down even more. But um, it it, it could have cost us that really one big mistake. You know the one I'm meaning about. So I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, Yeah, I'm following up for seven as well, actually, because he... For me, it was the, it was the only because we had a good defensive display yesterday, but there was yep. there was two little mistakes. You can expect one from Forrester because he's a young lad, but um, Bellish, I, I don't know what he was trying to do there, passing it to Malumbi like that. It was a, it was a strange thing to do, but other than that, he did well, so he still gets a seven. He still got above average, but I thought he was the weak link in the back line yesterday, but, it, but there wasn't really one more than that. Would you have him back if he if, if he was available? I'd have him back permanently, but I wouldn't have him on loan. I don't, no, I don't, okay. I don't agree with loans because for me, when you build, a, look at Derby for example, when they built a team round Harry Wilson and um, I can't think of the other one's name. Uh, it wasn't Foden, was it? Oh, Mason Mount wanted. Mm-hmm. They built their team round them two loan players, and they never got near promotion again after that point. It, no. For me, if you, it can be a good thing if it gets you up, but defensively, for me, for me, you'd be number one target to get on a permanent basis, and that's where yeah. I'd look at. But loan. Unless we're desperate, you know what I mean? It's one of them. Yeah, OK. Right, now let's move into Joe Allen. thought Joe Allen played very well. I think he's been, as I've said on several podcasts, I think he's been excellent since he's come back from his injury. I don't think we'll keep him. Um, I do think he'll be a miss, and he's getting an eight off me. Uh, he was busy, he was neat with what he did. Um, he, he cleaned up a few messes at the back. He made on a few good passes going forward. It's an eight. Uh, seven for me for Joe Allen yesterday. He was buzzing round once. He was keeping things ticking over, and when he's when he's like that, I I, I do like him when he when when he when he does his role. He's a good player into when he sits in that holding role and he and he does his job. That's when I like it. But when he starts running around like an endless chicken trying to do other people's jobs, yeah. that's where Joe Allen goes wrong. But it was a solid performance yeah. yesterday. Every pass pretty much hit its mark. Defensively, he was doing his job right, so he gets a seven from me. Right, now, this is going to be a bit of a thing, but I'm, I'm going to put him down as my man of the match, and that's Lewis Baker. Well, I'm having Lewis Baker as my man of the match, and you're um, probably going to give him a different mark than me, but I thought he was outstanding. 
he made a great run for that last goal. It was that was a long busting run. He, um, I think he's a captain material if uh, we don't keep Alan. And for me, he's getting a nine. Uh, he's getting a ten from me. <laughs> he's getting a ten. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I'll be honest. I was wowed by him yesterday. I thought he was amazing. He, he, he never stopped, did he? He was. No. He, he was picking everything up. He was running like he was. He, it, it was like Maradona, where, where he was running with that ball. He's like, what's he doing? Well, I tell you what, it was a completely different Louis Baker to the one at Reading because he never got into the game at Reading, although none of the team did. So it was really nice to see how they bounced back from that performance. Yeah, it was an incredible performance. He was defensively, he was mopping everything up. And then the next minute yeah. he looked on the screen, he's up at the top end attacking. And then he sneaks in for a goal. He was running everywhere. Brilliant performance. And he, I've got to give him a great great thing for the goal as well. I thought that was a cheeky little finish. It was it was cleverly done. And the run as well, where you know he brought it back in. Brilliant, brilliant from yesterday. He gets a 10. And hopefully next season, if we can build something around him, We've got a good, steady midfielder there that if yeah. we do lose everybody that we can build around. I think we've got one now because he, he's not injury prone, let's be honest. He's, he's got a good track record of fitness. And for me, this is his big break now because he's, he's been loaned left, right and centre. I think he's been on him twice. It's time for him to settle. Bellish is in the same boat. He needs to settle and show that he can play football because he's not going to get in at City like Baker wasn't going to get in at Chelsea. So we've, we've dropped a great free transfer and a great performance yesterday, which is why I gets the 10. Now we move into a player that's probably going to go at the end of the season, but first good performance of the second half of the season, that's Mario Verancic. I thought Mario Verancic was no more than average yesterday. Um, you obviously thought he was better than I did. Um, seven. A seven, I'm getting with an eight. Um, I, I just like how he brought timing into the game. I think he was, he okay. wasn't, he, for me, Vrancic has completely fell off a cliff since that, that injury he got once around Christmas. Yeah. And for me, a reason why I'd let him go at the end of the season. But I thought yesterday he linked well with timing because we've lost Thompson. That's where timing really shines, where he's got Thompson to bring him into play. But Vrancic did that role well. I thought he made a couple of clever little passes forward that I liked. And, that's pretty much it, but I didn't want to give him a low mark because he wasn't terrible. Right, so now moving to, for me, I'm going to go with it. He's my player of the season, Jacob Brown. Now, Jacob Brown, whatever he does, he does 100%. I mean, he wasn't very, nobody was very good at Reading, but he he never stops trying. How he missed the sitter he missed at Reading, I don't know, but yesterday was a typical Jacob Brown performance, wasn't it? He has a chance to score, he doesn't do it, but he gets another one, and he, I mean, he was a great header, he buried that header, he got the wrong side of the, of the defender, and he, he buried it, and to me, he's, he's going to be, I've said it before, but I think he's going to be the new Johnny Walters for Stoke, because whilst he's not in the same league at the moment, he, he'll never give up, he will improve, and for me, he's getting an eight. Uh, a nine for me, Jacob Brown, yesterday. Yeah, uh, okay. Very good performance. I liked him. He's getting better. To be honest, I know everyone's saying he's like Jonathan Walters, but for me, he reminds me a lot of Sadibi in ways. Not so much in height, I don't like that, but the way he controls the ball up the top yeah. end. Yeah. And it's a player that I think if he was a bit taller, Pulis would love him. <laughs> Pulis would yeah. be get him in. <laughs> He'd love him. But yes... <laughs> Yesterday, what I was liking about Brown was how he was, for the first time now, 
well, second half of this season. I've noticed how good he's getting in attacking positions now. Yes, he is. He's, he's improved a lot at that. And yesterday he was getting in great positions. I know he missed a sitter, and we're going to have to get used to that because I think that's going to be a staple of Brown when he misses sitters like he did against Reading. But it was a great Eddie, little glance, bottom cut. He was a great Eddie. And he's getting a nine from me, Brown, because I think this season he's the most, one of the most, I'll be honest, he's one of the most improved players I've seen from one season to the next. Yeah. He's been the change from last season is a, it, it's a different player, and that's why he's got the the Scotland call up. And for me, he's, he's player of the season. Right now, we're moving to another player that we thought we'd never see start again, but he started, and that was Fletcher. Yeah, I mean, he missed a great chance, Fletcher. He, he, okay, Sam Johnson saved it, but um, I don't think Fletcher will be with us next season. He, he, he led the line pretty well, but he's past his well past his best now. Uh, Seven. Uh, I'll go over six actually yesterday for Stephen Fletcher. I didn't really. Uh, he was a good point of attack, you know. We were putting good long balls up, and he was not keeping knocking them down. He missed for me at a city, like you said yourself. I just think I, I, I agree with you. I think he's done at this level now. I think if he moves on, it's going to be either Hibernian, from what I'm hearing, or drop down to League One or two because I think that is his level now. He's been a yeah. good servant for us when we've needed him, but. Yeah, it was a sick, yeah, it's a steady performance. I'm not going to go with more than that, but I don't know why he's playing, to be honest. Right, so now we're going to the subs, and Madge come on for Fletcher in the 76th And you're going to give him a 10. You have to go above your five for subs, because he was absolutely brilliant. I don't want to influence you, but what's your score for Madge? You first. <laughs> you coward. <laughs> I, I thought Madge was brilliant. And what a difference from the man who stopped the play the last Saturday match when we all thought that, you know, the ref had blown the whistle. I tell you, he was outstanding. His link-up play, he's holding up of the ball, and he made the third goal. Yeah, Baker ran with him, but my word, what a fabulous pass from him. And as a substitute, I want to give him a 10, but I know you'll get upset, so I'm giving him a 9. A 9? <laughs> yeah, just to annoy you. No, being serious, I'm going to give him an 8. <laughs> I'm going to go in with a seven. Oh, for goodness sake. You break your, your rule that you're never going to give him a sum more than five and you only give him a seven. No, I do, I do. To, to be fair, it is going to be an eight as well from me, to be honest. But the reason it's going to be an eight is because it's an incredible substitute appearance, to be honest. And that's yeah. for the first... Well, not the first time, but probably one of the other glimpses where we've seen Madger, how he can play. Because yeah. he is a player. A yeah, he's a he is a player, and and that's why when everyone says, "Oh, just send him back," I'm going, "No, just give him time," because he yeah. isn't fit. He isn't fit, and that's why he hasn't been starting a lot of games. For me, get him signed, get him on a four or five year deal, get him in because For there's three a, million. Uh, yeah, I'd take him because I think there's we'll a player have no there. More money to spend if we have him. Well, that's life, isn't it? That's just the way yeah. it goes at, at the end of the day, but. You know, if if we've if we've got we're going to talk about that anyway. The financials after because I know you've had a lot do this week, haven't you? With that, right? I'll, so yeah, I'm going to go with an eight. Right, so we're going for for me second, clearly second for player of the season, and that's Ben Wilmot. I'm sorry, I think the connections are failed. <laughs> you've got to uh, carry the joke on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> ben Wilmot, I thought was adequate yesterday. Um, I'll give him a seven. A seven. Yeah. <laughs> I have five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're back into your summer. Uh, 
Yeah, he, did, he come on, he did all right, didn't he? He was sort of helped in the defensive line. I thought, I thought he was a very good substitute at that time as well, because I thought Reading was starting, not Reading, sorry, uh, West Brom was starting to break through a bit. I thought he was a yeah, very, and, very good sub. And the other thing is, Michael O'Neill's had a bit of a, 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 a let's let's say something's changed, that I quite like his substitutions now. Yeah, I, I think it was a very clever one. Madger was brilliant, and Wilmot was, so I can't, yeah. I can't knock him at all. It was a very good time, because... To be honest, I don't think if, if I think if Vrancic had stayed on, I think West Brom would have brought it back again because we yeah. were starting to drop deep. It was a good sub, right? So the subs that weren't used: um, Bergic, Chestic, Campbell, Shame, and Sparrow. Yeah, why would you have brought Campbell on for? I just would have brought him on for, you know, yeah, just so that you could give him a five. Yeah, basically, I just want to put more fives out there. But what I wanted to do was, I, I would have liked to have seen him just do what Fletcher's role has been for the last four months. Just come on and wave. That's what that's I want him to do. <laughs> come on and wave. Well, that's what yeah. he does, doesn't okay. he? That's what yeah, yeah, well, there you go. Come on and Right, wave. so let's go in now with the overall Stoke performance. Nine. I'm going to go on with nine as well. I want, I want to go higher. But I want to go ten, but it's not as good as that performance here in the season. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but there's one that did get a ten. Who was, who was that? What was that amazing performance just before Christmas? I think it might have been West Brom. I think, it, yeah, it might have been. Might have been West Brom. Yeah, because you know we always beat we, West Brom. We always beat West Brom. That's back yeah. now. It's literally back. Especially yeah. now they've got Steve Bruce. So, yeah, it's good scores all around. That song came out, you know. That had an airing yesterday about Ken Winners. Oh, yeah. He comes from Trinidad. <laughs> he can't, can't finish the rest of Stephen's head. <laughs> <laughs> he has got a big head. Right, so now we're going the referee rating. I'm gone. I'm gone. What about Michael's rating? Well, that's because it's a special one this week and he's done so well, he's going to go last this week, so we're going to get the referee okay, in this referee one. referee rating? Um, well, eight. Eight? Yeah. Uh, six. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like him. <laughs> okay. I thought, I thought there was a couple of times... It, I think at the finish, yeah, there's a couple of things he missed, and I think first off he was he, he was he was sort of falling for slowing everything down a bit, and I, I, I just I, I was watching him and I thought, no, he's not doing things right here. But let's anyway move on. So now we're going to give a rating for Jack Livermore. Jack Livermore. Yeah. Is it not Liverpool? Um, <laughs> it's Jake Livermore. Oh, sorry, I, I, I don't follow yeah, him. No, I don't know about Jack. I never saw him come <laughs> on. Um, why are we talking about Liverpool? Well, he scored a cracker. I did say at one point at the start of the game we should sign, sign up Og because we've had a few Ogs this year. Um, I don't know how he managed to do that, you know, Liverpool. <laughs> I was so chuffed when he sort of managed to do a Stanley Matthews and get the ball in the net. <laughs> However, we just scored it anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. He's getting he's getting an eight from me for that own goal. It was brilliant. And All right, right I'll so give now, him an eight then. That's it, give him an eight. Right, we move now into the best bit of it, Michael O'Neill's rating. We've been giving him so much stick over the last couple of months. Let's start giving him a bit of praise because he has turned right. things around at a bad time. Well, can we just establish that you have been giving him a lot of stick? I have been ambivalent. Yeah. I yeah. thought... I thought um, <laughs> We got the tactics right. We scored three goals. When was the last time we scored three goals? Um, everybody played for him. Uh, West Brom, however badly they played yesterday, they're not a bad side. He couldn't have got the subs better, I don't think. He started with the 11 that I thought were good for the match and he played the defensive formation I thought was right for the match. 
So he's getting a 10 from me. A 10? He's getting a 14 from now. He's getting a 9 from me as well. I thought it was brilliant yesterday. He's, okay. He substitutes for time, right? I think Wilmot well, well, 1 was a 1. I can remember looking and going, well, that's a clever, clever sub that is. Need that at this moment in time. But I like the way we were playing long balls. I like that we had Brown connected with Fletcher. I think that was a good decision to do that out, out of the blue, basically. And he's made a great comeback from a terrible performance we're going to talk about after at Reading. Fantastic from Michael O'Neill, and I wasn't giving him loads of stick. I was sat on the fence. You were sat on the on the joy fence side of the fence. Well, a lot of people have been on the negative side of the fence, and I've always been on the fence. I've never been against him. I've never been for him. But at the moment, like I said, if he gets a run now till the end of the season, he gets my. I'll go on the. I'll go on the fun side with you on that side of it. Right. Reading. Reading. Re- I, I just. I just. I don't really want to talk much about Reading. Yeah, we're not going to do long. Takes away, takes away from the great performance um, of the other night. But there again, you know, you, you're getting... You sh- we should have beat Reading. It was just a typical everything that was wrong with Stoke this season. Um, it was just a typical bad night at the office. And when you, Lewis Baker doesn't get in the game, I think that is going to, going to... I mean, nobody got in the game. They were just slow out of the blocks. And once they scored, you just knew another goal was coming. Whereas yesterday, when we scored, I never thought Stoke would lose that match, even when they pulled one back. But at Reading, they it was a case of, I think, they wanted it more than us. Um, and that was a shame. But they're not very good, but they'll stay up. Yeah, I, I, I predicted it as much, to be honest. I, I think whenever... Yeah. I didn't predict that we'd lose 2-1. I think I predicted 1-0 defeat, didn't I? Or no draw I predicted, didn't I? Was it one-all draw? I mean... Yes, you did. But the one thing is, Ian, the tackle on Thompson was horrendous. Yeah, it was It was a bad night, fully once, because I was listening to it on the radio, and I, I thought that, you know, the, 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 it's these mistakes that have got to come out, and that was a big sign once it had read, and the, the mistakes were, were horrendous, which led to their goals. Yeah. And it, it, no control of the game, you, you know. We, I mean, well, we did control it, but we weren't doing anything with it. It was just Reading would seem to have our number, and that seems to happen a lot this season, where other managers seem to have our number and, and put it in. But it, it, those kind of performances have got to stop, haven't they? That that's one thing. It, terrible performance, and then to come out and absolutely blitz West, West Brom on the Saturday, it, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, but then again, you can look at, like, Lewis Baker made a big difference. He, he was firing, he was getting back for everything. Magia looked a completely different player. The unfortunate thing for me, and every Stoke fan listening to this, if they haven't fallen asleep by now with me talking, will, will know that you have a situation where that was a straight red. Thompson's was a straight red, right? We do not get decisions that we should get Fouls or penalties, we don't get them. And I'm convinced that most of that reason is because our players don't roll around, do triple toe loops, double salcos, and hold their head when they've been kicked on the ankle to try and impress the referee. And our players don't go surrounding the referee like others. Now, I don't ever want to see our players feigning injury, uh, she said, laughing at Maggie yesterday when he came up off his Lazarus bed after about 45 seconds on the pitch. I don't like it, but I do think it influences refs, and we've had some horrendous decisions this year. I mean, we had Fox sent off for, for doing far less. I could go on and on, but Thompson's a big miss because I think Thompson, uh, after Brown, has been one of the better, better purchases by Michael O'Neill. 
Yeah, I agree with Thompson. It was. It was a straight red card. There's no question of it. And we don't get Absolutely. it. And, but the thing is, we don't have a lot of, you know, flair kind of players like that. We don't have a lot of foreign influences in our squad, do we, to be honest? To, no. to have no. that, really. You know, I mean, it, you uh, remember the one at Huddersfield, Taylor Harwood-Bellis got up when he nearly got decapitated? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing happened after that as well. Because if, no. But if he's still on the floor rolling around like he'd, like he'd had his head smashed off, he yeah, might true. have been a red card. It's one of them. Yeah. Right, so now we're going to talk about what's come out this week because there's been a lot of talk about the financial talks at Stoke. And now, I want you, you've been in, I think, these meetings as well, haven't you, with John and Michael talking about um, the finance and what's happening with FFP and what, what the clubs are trying to do and where the direction they're going. What have you learned? Do we, do we know any clearer what's going on with our financial situation? Because it seems to be a big mystery, doesn't it? Nobody seems to know. Well, the situation is fairly simple in so much that uh, the owners have chosen to um, get rid of some of the debt so it looks better on the balance sheet. Now, that is probably um, as good as you can say it can be. It makes, it makes the balance sheet look stronger. It makes absolutely no difference in... In the, in the scheme of what we have to spend, what they have done, which was very clever, was they just beat the cut-off point for selling the stadium and the training ground so that they could offset that against costs on financial fair play. But in terms of financial fair play, it just means that we're erring on just on the right side of financial fair play. Um, the owners are confident that Stoke won't incur a penalty because of the, what they've done. But it doesn't mean that we're going to have a load of cash to splash going forward. That always relates to your um, incomings and outgoings. And uh, So really, Ian, in a nutshell, it means that we've got very little to spend next season, but we should not get any um, any problems in terms of points deduction. That, that in a nutshell, is, is what it is. So, so basically, we, we've... We're not going to get what Derby are getting. We're not going to get point deduction. That that's been cleared up, so we're not going to get them. No. We shouldn't get any, you know, transfer bans. No. And a lot of players are going out, and I, I think I think I know what they're trying to do, to be honest. But so what? So do you reckon there'll be around what three, maybe four million to spend for Michael O'Neill somewhere around I, I, that? Look, uh, in, in my own head, I'm saying three and a half to four million. That's just in my head. It's just a figure I plucked out of the air. Um, obviously, if somebody came in and offered a fortune for Tyrese Campbell or another player, you might look at it, as we have to do with Nathan Collins to get some money down. But when you look at the um, the contracts, some of the players on high wages now, Joe Allen is un- inevitably on the highest wage. I would think Morgan Fox and Tommy Smith are on quite good wages because they were the last lots that were brought in uh, before we had to cut right down. So um, then you've got Etabo and Afobi, who people have forgotten about, who um, you've got to factor into the equation. Uh, I mean, Etabo's at Watford. He's going to be a championship player whether he likes it or not, although I think his contract ends in the summer, doesn't it? Uh, and afobi has got another 12 months. Uh, I can't see Afobi coming back to the club, can you? No, I, th- I think Afobi's is, up- is up at the end of this season. Is it? I think because he signed a five, four-year deal, didn't he? So I think it's up at the end of this year. Yeah. I was very amazed when people were talking about um, Lewis Baker only being on a short-term contract. Lewis Baker signed a two-and-a-half-year contract with this club. I don't know where that's come from. Well, it's that is a short-term contract because two-and-a-half means that next season 
the if he doesn't want to sign a new contract, it's it is a short one really. We we do need to get him on a longer contract because at the end of yeah, next okay. season, if he like, plays like, well, and, and, and Clucas as well. I mean, I think Clucas has got twelve more months to go. Yeah, he's got one more. Well, year, if, yeah. if somebody came in with money for Clucas, I'm sure Stoke would let him go. In fact, I think Stoke would possibly let him go on a free if he could find another club because. Um, that would free up a lot of money because he's on a lot of money. Well, that's that's the thing that we're looking at now. So there's a lot of players going out and pretty much all the big earners are going to be going out the door as well, especially if Nick Powell goes, because I think he properly raised up his wages. But Stokes' wages has got has got to be a big talking topic at the moment because, you know, we, we're, we're, aren't we the highest paying club in the championship at the moment? We are one of them. Um very close to the highest because of course we we brought a lot of people in and kept them on wages that we thought would go straight back to the Premier League and we didn't so yeah we one of the highest we were one of the highest paying clubs however I I just find it really interesting that um, you know I know a lot of people still want um, want Michael O'Neill to go but when you look at what he's had to do he's not been able to spend much money and he's had to get people out. And, and I just think what he's done, given that, to make our squad competitive is a really good job. Well, it is. I There's don't no know what question. You think. I think, transfer-wise, I've not been impressed with a lot that have come in. But to be fair, he is looking, he is looking in the bargain basement, isn't he? It's free transfers and loans. You're not going to get them 100% right. I think he got it wrong with Sam Surridge, but somehow we managed to make money on him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We made half a million on him. But, you know, Baker's been a good signing. Thompson's grown into a good signing. Brown's grown into a good one. When he has spent money, he has spent it well. I've, I've got to admit that. But when he's but free transfers are free transfers. I'm not bothered if they're good or not at, at the end of the day because you've got them for nothing apart from, obviously, a signing on fee. I think that he's done incredible, really, because you've got to remember we've lost Nathan Collins, the forgotten man that everyone's forgotten about. He's gone to Burnley for £15 million. So he'll be he's back in it, the Championship next season. And he'll be playing against us next season, yeah. Yeah. That's that's great business, you know. We, we thought we'd miss. We thought Ben Wilmot was going to be as good. I don't think he will. I'll be brutally honest with you. But I think Wilmot's still young. He's got time to grow and, and learn a position for me. But he's, he has done a decent job. I think we all know his problems. He has got problems. I think with his tactical sides and squad t- timings, and a lot of times his subs were poor. But recently he's been fixing that. And you just mentioned earlier when we were doing the player ratings that there's been a change in Michael O'Neill. What have you noticed of the change? Um, I, I think I think he's he's I think he's quite a, he's a big student of football, and I think he's he's tried to look at why they haven't achieved what he wanted to achieve. And maybe one of the reasons he thinks is there's no doubt he's a conservative manager. Uh, he, he reminds me of Tony Pulis in that sense. You've got a point at the start. And uh, if you can't get three, you keep the one you've got. Uh, so I think maybe he's looked at it and thought, I've got to be a bit more adventurous than I have, or I've got to make game management better than he has. Because sometimes when we've been one each, we've gone gung-ho for the winner and then got picked off, a bit like we picked off West Brom yesterday. So I think he's become a little bit more... Um, I won't say... He's become less pragmatic, um, more dogmatic. And I think it's... Um, it's it's actually it's actually improved us. I don't know what you think. I think he's he's changed a lot with a lot of the time. His subs were like for like, weren't they? It was like replacing 
Brown with Marge, Fletcher with Marge, or Campbell. There wasn't anything that was changing the game, was it? It was just like for like, and, and a lot of the times that doesn't change a game. Because if that, True. if that, like when he brought Wright Phillips on, I think a couple of weeks ago, where he wasn't playing well, but he he brought him off, but brought him off for Fletcher. It was like, well, that's not going to change the game. You bring yeah. in a slower player on when we need pace to break through. But I think he is learning that. I think he's learning that he's sort of... I think yesterday, the Wilmot sub was great. And the week before, the weekend before, when he made some great substitutes that I like the look of. But that's a good decision, bringing him on. I just can't remember what they are off the top of my head now. But, yeah, I think he's got to learn that. Tactically, he got it spot on against West Brom. And I think he got it a bit wrong against Reading. But he is learning that. Like I said, he, this is the first time for him at a proper football club. The clubs he was at before he took the Northern Ireland job were semi-professional and one was amateur. So, you know, he is learning on the job, isn't he? And I think he has done a decent job. Yeah, but if, if, if you look at... Let's just take this last season, right? He bought... He's supposed to... Well, we know he has because the, the figures now bear that out. The accounts bear it out. He, he bought players in for £4.6 million, right? And um, he, we sold players for £12 million. I can't remember the last time Stoke made a profit in a transfer window. Now, OK, it, it's not a great profit. And when you think that previously, the previous set of accounts, we brought in one million and wrote off, I think it was 34 million. Now, I don't care who you are, however much money you've got, that hurts. You're giving away money like that, peeing it down the toilet like that. That's unbelievable. Um, and then... Sorry, Joe he didn't make it at Stoke. He didn't do well at Stoke. But I think there's a decent player in there. And also, you, you look at Wiley's... <laughs> they've written down player values, haven't they? I think they, they wrote the player values down. Uh, it was £42.5 million the previous season that Stoke had on the, on the player values. And they managed to write him down because of Covid by nearly £4 million, you know. But you look at the wage bill, it's... Um, 50 million, the Stoke wage bill, is if you look at the accounts. That's an average weekly wage of about £23,000, right? £23,000, an average wage. You have to think that they're going to bring that down. An average weekly wage of twenty-three grand. Well, it has to, it has to don't it? Simple as that. We, we, we've now established as a mid-table championship club. We, we haven't had... Well, really, we've been how many seasons we've been down now? Is this is fourth season? Yeah, we've got coming up to year five. Yeah, so coming up to year five, and we haven't even had a playoff push. Let's be honest, we've been nowhere near them in that year, and we've spent a lot of money on wages. First season, of course, we spent what was it, sixty million, nearly hundred million overall. And to be honest, when you look at it, the wage bill's got to come down. But I like what he is doing. He's bringing a more youthful look into the side to try and bring value into the side. Forrester, I think, is going to be worth a lot of money in a couple of years. Harry Suter, we know, definitely is already worth a good bit of chunk of money. He's and got Connor Taylor, players like that. You know, yeah, you've got some decent players. Emery Tezgal. I mean, Tommy Simkins just signed his first full professional contract with the club. He's a goalkeeper. We've had a good track record of goalkeepers over the years, and it looks like that might continue. But if you're talking about 23k a week, even with inflation running as high as it is in this country, how many of those players do you think are, arguably, you can turn around and say at any time, nobody's worth 23k a week to kick a football, but that's the world we live in. But of the current Stoke City players, 
if you're Tommy Smith and you're Morgan Fox, and and I'm, you know, we know that Charlie Adam, Charlie Adam, that's one from the past. Joe Allen, Joe Allen is on more than that. If you look at those players, you're going to sit and wait for your contract to run down at Stoke because you know you're not going to get a contract anywhere else. Well, now we're coming to the end of those contracts and you've got Doughty to come back as well from Cardiff who scored yesterday, who probably is a much better player than when he went out on loan. So I think the future is, is looking good for Stoke, but you still won't be getting players of the calibre that we have been used to at Stoke if you're not paying anywhere near the money that's the going rate. And, and as I said to you before, if somebody else comes in to manage this club, they're going to A, want to know what the pot of money is for transfers, three million won't cut it, four million won't cut it, they're going to want to move players out and bring in players on high wages, it's just not going to happen. No, I, so do, I think I we're do very lucky where we are with, with the manager we've got and we've still got to bring down the price of of the outgoings because you can't sustain it on, on current on on just FFP you can't do it no I agree with you and like the thing I've, I've said and I keep saying a lot of times is I don't want to see players come down like Super Smith who've been in the Premier League and this that and the other I think we've learned that lesson now but what I'd like to see is say like I don't know there's that is his name Robertson in Scotland who's, who's come out of nowhere and has been playing well in the, in the Championship? Is it Fulkirk who's gone up? I don't really yeah. follow it a lot, to be honest. But it's them kind of players that I want to see as Stoke go forward. Players that there's potential in them, which is where I think we're going right with his, with his academy. Our academy at the moment it couldn't be doing better, in my opinion. You know, Suter, I know we bought Suter in, but he's come through it. Campbell's come through it. Right, Phillips is now breaking through it. Berzik's come through it. You know, Taylor, you've got... Forrester, you've got that Goodwin, is it, who's doing all right yeah. somewhere. Norton, I think, will probably let go at the end of the season because he has not ripped up trees at Charlton, we've got to be honest. I think he's only scored twice, so he's probably going to be let go. But there's been a lot that have been good. You've got Tez Jell that looks like he could be the next Wayne Rooney, the way people are talking about him. Those are the kind of things I want to see. Those kind of players come through. It's like yesterday, seeing Forrester instead of Chesty. That's what I want to see. You know, But we should have been doing that yeah. all season. For me, yeah. Chester isn't good enough, and he hasn't been good enough for two seasons. So why isn't Forrester getting that opportunity over him? Absolutely, but but there's a there's something that you know we can sit and wax lyrical on things. The the the, the dire facts that look you in the face when you look at Stoke's accounts is that Stoke lost forty three million on day to day trading in twenty twenty one. Forty three million. They sold the training ground for $85 million in the stadium, right? It just means that Stoke have got $90 million in the bank on, on the books. That, that's what it means. So the losses, are you ready for this? Yeah. The losses are over $181 million. It's fine, the, isn't it? The owners, the owners have basically kissed goodbye to $161 million. I mean, as long as we have the owners that we have, Right then, um, then the club isn't going to go bankrupt, right? But if you look at it, if it were me and those people that are calling, well, I'm saying it is me, and those people who are calling for the family to leave the club, right? Stoke bet three six five two hundred and fifty million, two hundred and fifty million, right? That'll never get replayed, never ever, because if they decide they don't want the club. 
nobody is going to pay that for Stoke City in its current state, right? So they've effectively kissed goodbye to that 160 million that they've written off. Now, when Stoke, when the owners, if they ever want to sell the club, they'll sell it at a price which they feel is a market price where they can recoup all their money. But I'm saying to you, Ian, there isn't a cat in hell's chance of them recouping all their money and people want them to go. It's ludicrous because if they went, this club would be down with the dead men. Yeah, I agree. I've said it many a time on here. I'm not... I'm not. I'm on the fence again with the coach, but it's it's not because the the bad owners, because we know the the good owners. They, they they look after the fans better than any other owners in in probably the world. To be honest, we don't know, don't know every club, but you know the, you know the season ticket prices, the free away travel. They've been doing it for years, and hats off to them. But for me, the biggest problem is it's it's who's advising them that I think is one of the biggest problems we have at this club. You know the CEOs and the whatever. We, that's where they want to see change. I think the great owners, they'll pay everything off. They look after the fans. They look after the club. They won't let it ever go bankrupt because they've got the money to, to look after it. But it's it, it's mistakes. Like when you said they're like the, the debt of 180 million, it was mistakes from the past that have led up to that kind of money that they've got to pay off. So it's their own mistake, really, isn't it? Yeah. So a- that, a- that, absolutely. It's, um, well, it's just dreadful. Um, when you think... When you think of the amount of money that's been teed up a wall in one transfer window, and I use the term advisedly, I mean, I, I keep on about Gary Megson. Gary Megson, what's up with me today? Okay, Gary Rowland. Uh, uh, I have lost the plot. It's the <laughs> fact that I'm thinking about I've lost a quid down the city. Um, <laughs> you, you look at Gary Rowett, 56 million he spent in one transfer window. That was just in transfer fees, not, not in uh, the players' salaries. Right? And, and they've not got that back. They haven't got any of that back. Why on earth would you continue to let people waste your money? But they do. And we are just so lucky that they're making money in the way they are because nobody can sustain that. And arguably, if it was a business that they needed to make money out of, it possibly wouldn't be run the way that, that it's being run at the moment. But we are where we are. And I do actually think that um, this manager is, He's got a good business head on his shoulders in terms of finance, and I think he will help turn it round. And I think they'll stick with him. Yeah, I do. I think. Well, it's not that we we think we know they're going to stick with him. They've pretty much said it, haven't they? We know John's got a soft spot spot for him as well, Auntie. That's pretty obvious in the meetings. But one question that's just made me pop up: Who have we sold the ground in the training ground to? Bet three six five. Oh, right, OK. So, it's... so we still, basically, they still own it, yes. but they've had to do it as a counting exercise. Oh, right, it's a, an accounting exercise, and, and that's where we are. Right, that's, that's all what I know. So just wondered if, I don't know, Virgin is going to be the new Virgin Stadium or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right, so we've got a match midweek, haven't we, or have we? We have, haven't we? No, it's not midweek, it's Good Friday. Good Friday, that's it. Yeah, so I'm assuming that you know when you deliver my Easter egg, uh, we'll we'll be talking about the match at, against Bristol City on Good Friday, and then of course we follow it up with a trip to Blackburn Rovers um, on on Monday. And you just know that um, we'll be looking at our South American guy from Fegues to uh, to try and score against us. Yeah. Um... I, I want I want two wins here. I've, I've got the ice. I want two wins. I think the Bristol game. I, 
We always do well at Bristol City, don't we, to be honest? Well, from, there's from another my... example. Bristol City, the, the, that was another example of this year's Stoke's incredibly bad management of games. So we owe them one. Yeah. Well, it's the same boat as well, where, where Joe, when you were talking then about people wanting sack managers and it could go good or bad, Bristol City's a good example. Yeah. You know, they got rid of Johnson wanted, uh, youngest manager in English history, I think he was, wanted. Yeah, he was doing yeah, a steady yeah, good yeah. job at Bristol City. They sacked him. Where are they now, Bristol City? Are they still in the bottom five? Uh, I, I, they're, not, uh, they're not far off the bottom. I'll, uh, I'll just have a check for you. But, I mean, I, I, you have to think that that's going to be a game we're going to win, don't you? I've, I've got I mean, a feeling we'll win that. Disappointed, but it's so Stoke-like, isn't it? Yeah, that's, so that's the thing. We could, we, you know, we play West Brom off the pitch now in two matches and we'll go and do like we did against Reading at home against Bristol. I think we'll win. I'm, I'm going to go confident as well. I think it's going to be a 2-0. Really? Yeah, against Bristol City. Yeah, I, I think okay. they, they they've fallen, fallen off a cliff since sacking him. The, the clubs, you know, they were great. I think they just missed out on the playoffs, didn't they? Not last year, year before. Yeah, well, they're nineteenth Ian on forty-five yeah. points. So that's a perfect example to Stoke fans if they are listening who don't want Michael O'Neill. That's an example of when you get rid of somebody who stabilises your club. Yeah. And then get rid and think and then yeah. because they brought in a foreign manager that was doing well and they nearly they, they had to sack him after four months because they were right down the bottom and now they're in the mire. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at the table and and you look at the Fulham. Okay, I can accept that Fulham were better than us. Bournemouth were marginally better than us. Knotts Forest, Huddersfield, not a chance. Huddersfield have had every bit of luck going this season. Luton, as much as I don't like it, he's done a great job with them. But I still think Sheffield United will go up. No. I said it to you early no. doors, and I still think they'll go up. You, it's Forest. Um, eh? It's Gamby Forest, you know, as well yeah. as I do, it's Gamby Forest. Well, you say that, but it, I mean, you've not been right yet, have you, really? Well, yeah, most of the time. And right Middlesbrough, that's going to be a tough away game for us. But we've got Bristol, uh, and um, then we've got to go and play Blackburn. Brayton Diaz, who's uh, obviously going to want to, to do well against us, but we'll have, we'll have a we'll have a talk before the uh, the second one of those matches. But Bristol, I'm going for a Stoke win. Yeah, Bristol, yeah, I am two now. Yeah, and, that, and when we win three one, uh, <laughs> you will actually turn around and say I predicted three one. Well, if you get one right, Ange, you've done extremely well. <laughs> Honestly, you, you live in a fantasy world. No, Before we go, we've got a few more minutes left, but um, who are you picking for Man City-Liverpool today? Man City. Score? 1-0. I'm going 2-1 Man City. Who do you want to win? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's one of them. Uh, to be honest, City, Rob, I don't like Liverpool as a football club. I don't like the fans. I know that's. Right, pro- okay. I, I'm not. I, I was brought up by my dad. My dad hated Liverpool because they were good when he was young, yeah. and I've been brought up to hate them as well. Man United, Man United, and Liverpool's just been bred into me to not to dislike. Yeah. And then there's just Arsenal, but we won't go into Arsenal because. Well, I once a Potter, always a Potter. That's all I can say about Graham Potter. I couldn't stop laughing when I saw that result yesterday. <laughs> you don't even know, do you? you? Don't even know what happened, do you? No. Brighton beat Arsenal at Arsenal. Oh. Potter's team beat Arsenal at Arsenal. Uh-huh. So I was well chuffed. I, I thought you were going to bring up the Liverpool, the Everton one first because that was a great day. That was because I can't wait to get work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, 
I'm not a great fan of Everton anymore, and I don't know whether that's because Frank Lampard's gone there or whatever. I've no real dislike of Frank Lampard. I thought he was a great footballer. But um, I've got a a soft spot for Burnley because they remind me a lot of Stoke, but they've just been demolished by Norwich, which has done them no good at all. Yeah, Burnley are going. I think, you think? I think we're playing the three that are there now. Okay. That, that's well, what if I we're think. playing the three that are there then, now, Norwich is a horrible trip. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely like awful trip. Nice we're place. We're getting rid of Fulham and Bournemouth, which aren't bad trips, and we're replacing them with Watford and Burnley, which aren't too bad. So, <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. There's a song there. <laughs> well, I think I'd rather go Norwich than Burnley. <laughs> I think I'd rather go Bournemouth than Burnley. To be honest, I think I'd rather go Tunstall than Burnley. Right, okay, not fair game. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know with with the predictions. Like I say, I think the teams that are coming down are going to come, and we'll do predictions. We'll do predictions at the end of the season, actually, because at the end of the day, we we did predict at the start. I think you went with Sheffield United, Fulham, and Stoke. Got that wrong. Mm. <laughs> I I did go with Stoke, and I am. Um, I mean, I'll go with Stoke next season as well. Yeah, no, I will as well. I can't. I think Eventually, I went to. at some point, the law of averages says at some point we might might be right, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we, we get it wrong every week. I mean, Andrew, we, we, how many games have been played so far? Forty-one. Is it forty-two? We've got two rights, and I've only got two rights. <laughs> I, I, I think I've got most of them right. You've got them all. You've got them all wrong <laughs> so far, prediction-wise. So you're getting you're getting in what three one against? Uh, I am, and I'm getting two 0 But I think we should beat Bristol. But before we go anywhere, let's have a quick discussion about the ladies now they've got on this week. Do you really want to? I want to. Yeah, it's, it's very important information. People are standing by for this. Who is? I don't know. Listeners, people who are listening. Right. Okay. Well, I don't know whether I really want to uh, tell you here, but um, I will. Uh, our women's, our ladies' first team, women's first team, have played AFC Files. Yeah. All right. There you go. I've just told you. You know now what's coming, don't I you? I know what's coming. I know what's coming anyway. But are you They've making these places up? No, obviously. <laughs> they lost 2-1. Oh. They scored. They were 2-0 down and they were pushing deep into injury time and they lost. I, I, I don't mind them losing, but when it when it's to a place that I'd never heard of, ever. <laughs> it's near, it's uh, near on the coast by Blackpool. Is is there, is there more than fifty people live there? I don't know, but um, it was a very good second half performance. But the damage had been done early, and they regroup and go again. Right. So, that, so is that is there the only one that played this week? Or no, the, the reserves played. Oh no! <laughs> the pause gives it away. And... Um. <laughs> They were a goal down at half-time to West Brom Yeah. at the Emery Stadium and nothing else has been said since that. So I don't know whether to assume that no news is good news or no news is we've lost. So it's not been a good week for the ladies then? It's gone from last week where every team won to now this week where only the men team won. Yeah, I guess that's right. Because I know the under-18s lost midweek, didn't they? And yeah, and, and the under-23s, I mean, that was terrible. Did you hear about it? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It was, a last-minute penalty, which apparently was a penalty. Yeah. But um, there you go. They they didn't... Uh... It's just a shame, isn't it, when you lose like that? Yeah, it is. It's, it's just one of them weeks, isn't it? You know, the under-21s, I, I can't knock whatever they do. They've done a great job with their academies. 
you know, Forrest has broken through. There's some real good quality there. Tez Gell, I think, is going to be something special. I mean, he's he's already breaking in the first team. He's, how old is he? And, and he's, he's playing above his age group as well, which which I think is really important. Um it just depends how long you can keep him, doesn't it? That's the thing. How long can you keep a player like that? Because um, you just there's going to be people sniffing around him already, isn't there? Well, there is, and but yeah, is he? We just got Opie signs contract, so that's that's it with Taj because you know Mo Sanko has now break, broke into the Stuttgart side. He was a player that we, we had real high hopes for, and he left for nothing, didn't he, to go Stuttgart? It's just got Opie signs and, and gives up because for me I don't like it when they do that and they can rot for me once they do that because you know if if a club's looked after you and made you the player that you're becoming you should give them some respect by signing the contract so they can make some money from you. That's just my opinion on things yeah. like that. Well, the ladies, the the women reserves are still a goal down. Right, so it's not been a good week, so we'll end it there before we get more depressing because it's really gone downhill at the bit at the end. Here. Well, I mean that's you. I mean you're you're the director of this, so um, I, I blame you. But there is one thing that we know. Well, we always beat West Brom. We always beat West Brom, and we will again next season twice. You can see. Right, so thanks go. for that, Ange. So that's another one done. A great week. We're preparing now for the next season. We're on about doing a couple of specials in pre-season, so you can still keep listening to the Potters podcast. We keep you up to date. We keep going. If you like and want to know more about us, get get on social media, get on your Facebook, get on Instagram, get on Twitter, put in the Potters podcast, follow, like and share. You can get everything there. If you're on a podcast provider, we're on them all now, so whatever you're on, you can find us easy. You don't have to search for us on, on Facebook to listen to the podcast. We're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, we're on everything. Also, if you're on iTunes, if you can leave a five-star review, it means a hell of a lot to me and Andrew, the podcast, and it just means we can get more stuff and content out there for you. So thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best.